Welcome to the Owner's Box. Now, here's Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of The Owner's Box. I'm Billy Koch, the founder and managing partner of the Little Red Feather Racing Club. Joining me alongside, as always, back from the barn, Michelle Yu. Back you know what's so funny is I was just going to ask you, how'd you know I just got back from the barn? That's how like <laughs> out of it I am right I saw, now. Why are you out of it? What's going on? Oh, nothing. Just not like, just not thinking. Well... Uh, let me tell you something. Uh, I know we're going to get into three things of note. I know we have Harlan coming on shortly. Uh, Mr. Buchero himself. Um, but, you know, we talk about this game a lot, Michelle, as a roller coaster. And two weeks ago, we were riding high, four stakes wins in a row. And then last week, we, we couldn't win a race. Like, it is, it's amazing. It, it, it really, this game is amazing. And what it does, it makes you stronger and it makes you just realize how special any win is. So for all you owners listening, or if you're not an owner, just relish the victories. Doesn't mean you have to be obnoxious. Doesn't mean you have to, you know, pound your chest, but just relish them. Just, you know, when you get home and, and you just sit back and watch the replay 10,000 times, enjoy it every single effing time. I almost said bad word. That's my Billy soapbox for the day. That was a very short soapbox. Well, not, you, you know, not just your wins. I feel like you also have to relish just if your horse runs good. Because you might run a great race for your horse yes. and still not win. I, I, I agree with that. And and I've told people that. Like, you're, listen, if you're really good, you're going to win one out of every five races, right? You're going to win like mm -hmm. 20%. So Unless you're the chosen Ron. Unless you're the, he was just amazing. God, I like that horse. Uh, and it is, it's, yeah, I don't really know how to explain it because the, the, the emotions go so high and low. And I've said this before on the show, I, I credit my, my college baseball coach, Paul Stevens, who used to say not too high, not too low. And if you can kind of stay in the middle somewhere and you know, who's good about that most of the time, Michelle, who trainers, you ever yeah. notice that? Like. After a race like Phil D'Amato, I don't know if we just won a grade one or won a $10,000 claiming race. Like, I, I really have – you could have no idea. Or if we just got beat or if, you know, if something bad happened in the race. They just – your husband's like that too, right? He's real level-headed. Yeah, he is. I think maybe that's what it takes to be a trainer. I think because they like – I think it's not even excitement for them anymore. It's like relief. Yeah. I got, I got one more thing to say before we get into three things of note. Okay. And this is an honest question. We we took some shit last week on social media for not what what did we not get into? The the So what, basically I don't remember. it's because I said like we're gonna go over the races, but only um the like or like whatever it was, like only the preakness, and it's because we were I was trying to steer us clear of talking about your stakes since you were our guest. Right. Um and they took it as that I didn't want to talk about the race that having a meltdown broke down in. Okay. So listen. We're, we, you and I have been in this game for a long time. 
Um, and I think we are, this is not the place where we're going to sit here and talk about breakdowns and bre- talk about Churchill Downs and what's going on there. This is just not, that's just not our show. Um, but I so do, I, I mean, we're not a news show, right? right? Like we're exactly. an older education show. We do the fun little, like three things of note or whatever, just to talk, but we are, we are not trying to break any news. No, that's, that's not our job. Um, and we're not dodging anything. Like, I have a question for you that's in the news right now, and it was on Twitter this morning. It, it is, how does um, Todd Pletcher not get as much shit as guys like Baffert or anybody else on the West Coast? Um... I mean, that's a hard-hitting question for you. I, I don't know. Like, he's got all these things going on, all these positives, and, you know, whether they're legal, uh, just overages. But, like, he just seems like just – I saw someone call him Teflon Todd. Now, listen, I like I, Todd I'll Pletcher. I'll tell you my, like, just I, quick view of it. Yeah. It's because he wasn't – look, everyone stems back to, like, when Baffert had a bunch of horses die at, like, Hollywood Park that got accidentally – Right. That it was, was, like, con- was, like, environmental contamination from, like, rat poison or something like that, right? Right, right. And after that, I feel like people just, like, got angry at Bob and think that he's, like, a horse killer. Right. And Todd doesn't have that cloak around him. Okay. So no matter what Bob does, I feel like that, like, lords over him always, and Todd doesn't have that. Okay. That's fair. I think it's kind of media-driven. Could be. I think people, you know, I, th- I think people love to jump on Bob. Um, we've talked about it on the show many times. Maybe we'll have Bob on one time. That'd be fun. He is an owner. He is an owner. Um, all right. That's all for that, Michelle. Let's get into three things of note, and then let's get to my man Harlan. Okay. So the first thing of note is that Rich Strike has been moved from trainer Eric Reed to the barn of Bill Mott, and now he's on the vet's list. <laughs> I like, and now he's on the vet list. Uh, was he on the vet list before? I don't know. All I know is I saw it on social media that they posted the vet's <laughs> list that he's on for two weeks. Well, listen, take uh, Rich Strike won the Kentucky Derby. I still do not know how. Um, with all due respect to all of his connections, Bill Mott, Hall of Famer, unbelievable trainer, does a great job. He'll probably, uh, yeah, he'll probably succeed in that barn. I would imagine, Michelle. It'll be well. It'll be interesting to see, right? Like, that's, absolutely. That's the uh, the question: is is he going to succeed, or was it just a fluke? Yeah, we're going to find out, aren't we? Because you're go- you're going to a barn who can do well with lots of types of horses, who we <clears throat> know is honest, and like we're gonna we're gonna see we're gonna see if it was a fluke or if he's legitimately a decent horse. I agree. Okay, let's move forward. Okay, second thing of note is that Kings Barnes did colic this last week, so he is out of Belmont consideration. However, his stablemates Forte and Tapatrice are still in. I think the Belmont's going to be a cool race, and I think we'll talk about it next week on our show. But uh, I, I like the way it's shaping up, Michelle. Do you? Yeah, interesting. The Met Mile looks really good, too, with the projected field. I agree. Uh, I think did I, did I read that Cody's Wish is going in there? Cody's Wish, yep. Nice. Mm-hmm. Be it's actually to a really good race. Okay. Uh, I think Taiba is going in there. Taiba. Yep. Oh, Michelle, I didn't even tell you this. Oh, you didn't. You're gonna you're gonna like this. Speaking of, so <laughs> I'm walking to the barn the other morning. It's like let's call it, say it's seven a.m. and uh, I see my, uh, one of the Baffert's exercises uh, exercise riders, Beto. You know Beto? Yeah. So he's he's kind of struggling with a horse. 
the horse is kind of going sideways, going backwards. And I'm just walking by. I said, Beto, would you like me to help you? No, you didn't. Yeah. And he said, he goes, yes, because I have oh, to turn no. him around. They, oh, no. Wait a second. They forgot his bell boots. He was just going for a jog. And he was this big, like, beautiful horse. And I'm like, and so I go and I, I grab the horse really nicely. And I turn the horse around with Beto. And we start walking back towards Baffert's barn. And right as the guy, the groom, was walking up to get the to put the bell boots on, the horse turns and literally grabs my arm, just slobbers all over me. <laughs> and I said, I said to Beto, I'm like, Beto, who is this? He goes, Oh, it's Taba. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he got like my entire arm was wet. I had teeth marks on my arm. It was very funny. So anyway. For someone, as you know, in the Breeders' Cup that had Taba for one hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollars, he he what isn't my favorite horse, but since he did that, I kind of like him. Oh boy, I can't believe. I, I, did your heart drop when Betta said yes? Please help me. Yeah, no, I because you know I know how to actually reach up and turn a horse around and help him. You, you know, you do. Just, yeah. Come on. I didn't know that. I'm not like that bad. I love the horses. I go up and play with them and I rub their ears. And you know, here's another secret about me. You ready? Uh, yes. I'm allergic to horses. That I knew. Yeah. And I, so I have to, when I play with them and love them and give them kisses and all that kind of stuff, I have to immediately go wash my hands. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> uh, can I just tell you, by the way, on a complete 180 of what we're talking about? Yes. I went and saw the musical Six last night. I saw your tweet. Oh my gosh, it was so good. I don't even know what that is. Okay, so I'm a big musicals fan, right? But this one is about the six wives of Henry VIII. Okay. And instead of it being like a musical where it like takes you through a story, I guess, it's basically a concert and the six wives each tell like their story of like what happened to them and how they got married and how they end up dying. Oh, that's cool. I mean, not that they died. But. Yeah, right, right. But it's it, they make it like really funny, and the the chicks that sang in it were phenomenal. Phenomenal. These girls rocked out for an hour and a half. Wow. They never went off stage. Like they sang the whole time. They had great vocals, and they danced the whole time, like back up for each other. Yeah. They were awesome. I mean, absolutely riveted to watch the the show. It was very so good. cool. Very cool. I like that. And it was at my favorite place to watch yeah you go to a lot of musicals another another little okay so we've talked about a little that i know how to handle a horse and that i'm allergic to horses but another thing that people might not know about you michelle is that you are like a gold star connoisseur on um the restaurant thing what is it called oh yelp yelp Yes, I'm a Yelp a leader. She's a Yelp a leader. I call her a Yelp a <laughs> Yelp elitist. And she every time we go to a restaurant, she gives it a great, uh, you know, review. So it, watch well, it out. Could be a shitty review depending on the food. That's I true. Mean. That's true. That's true. All right. Do I we have, do give it an in depth review. Do we have one more uh, thing of note or no? Yes, uh, we had a really huge weekend of racing, uh, notably at Santa Anita. It was Gold Cup Day. So just real quick, defunded. Won the Gold Cup, giving Bob Baffert a record ninth uh, victory in that race. Yes, I thought our, that he looked those, really good. Those are our good uh, friends, uh, Mike Pegram, Carl Watson, and Paul Whiteman. Whiteman, the guys yeah. that refuse to give pre-race interviews. Uh, okay, <laughs> so then the Shoemaker Mile went to Exalted, yep. um, who was undefeated on the grass six since stepping onto the turf. So that was pretty cool for him. I was uh, he, I was getting a sandwich 
before, like hours before the race, like right when the yeah. race has started. And Mr. and Mrs. Searing, the owners of the horse, were right in front of me. And I was with a buddy of mine. So I just started talking really last and loud. And I kind of said, and I go, you know, I really like Exalted. I just can't believe these guys were so dumb and didn't put him on the turf till he was six years old. And <laughs> Lee was just, Lee didn't know that I knew it was him. And he was just cracking up. I go, I knew you guys were standing there. That's funny. Yeah. Um, that was Pete Erton's first wait. Wait, hold on. That was Pete Erton, trainer Pete Erton's first grade yes. one win since the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, where he won with Storm the Court. Really? Mm-hmm. No way. Little known fact. Seriously? Yeah. I had no idea. How yeah. has he not won a grade one I since? Don't, I don't know. I mean, he's winning at like 38% he's right now. He's having a good meet right now. So yeah. that's his first grade one since like 2019? Yes. Wow. Yep. Crazy. Crazy. Well, good job, Pete. Good job, Pete. Good job, Pete. That was a good fact, Billy. You're full of fun. I'm full of facts today. Uh, And the game, Lee, you were saying macadamia. Macadamia. Yeah. Yes. Phil D'Amato, Tiago Pereira. Who are the owners of macadamia? I don't know Um, them. The owners of macadamia are Unicorn Stable. Yeah, I wonder who they are. Oh, are Unicorn Stable. Yeah. I don't know. They had horses with Baltus, and now they're with Phil. So maybe you should ask Phil. I think you know him. I think I do. I had the greatest time, Michelle. Is that all three things of note? Are we done? Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, yeah. we have we have uh, Harlan um, Malter. Malter coming up, and, but I want to tell you one f- kind of fun thing. So on Wednesday, you have more fun things. Yeah, I just have one more, and then we'll we'll call uh, Harlan. So on Wednesdays, Phil goes over to Los Al, and I have all my babies there, all my two year olds. I have to say. There is nothing that will get you excited in this game more than two-year-olds who are in training. And mm-hmm. you – because you just – each one of them could be a possible new superstar. And it is so fun. And we go there and, you know, Phil, you know, looked – I'm, I'm there when he's checking the legs and he's jogging them on the road. And then I had him go over and talk about each horse. And it's just like this is what this game's about. I know Saturdays are great and winning Who's stakes races. Who's your favorite baby? I, 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 they're all so different, really? Michelle. I know I can't really. I can tell you that our Phillies all look really, really good. That um, the uh, pop, poppies. Billy, you're cutting out. I am. Really? What happened? Yeah. Can you hear me I now? I don't know why. I don't oh. know. Ooh. I can hear you now. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I was just too excited. I, I, I think they're all awesome. I, I thought I, that you were. I thought you were just uh, giving me the cold shoulder, <laughs> like you weren't going to tell me which one you like. No, I I can't decide. I really can't. How's my horse that you gave the terrible name to? I, I know Ice Cream Museum is really good. We gave her forty five day break after the sale, and she's come back. She's just beautiful. She's just like, and she's classy. Yeah, she she's really nice. So, all right, let's get to Harlan Malter, and uh, we'll do a couple of uh, quick ads, and we'll get right back to you. The owner's box is brought to you in part by OBS, which sells more two-year-olds than any other sales company in the world. OBS two-year-old sales combined account for 14% of graded stakes placing since 2018, and their website includes a horse's pedigree, under tack video, as well as walking video. A two-year-old buyer is not only buying the horse's potential, but also the expertise of the horsemen that prepared these horses for the future. And OBS is truly an international marketplace. Horses have been purchased by buyers from 49 
39 of the 50 United States, as well as Korea, Japan, the Middle East, Hong Kong, Singapore, and Europe. Don't forget, OBS is back in June. It's the 13th through 15th. The Undertack will go the 5th through the 10th, and that will be the June two-year-olds and horses of racing age sale. The Owner's Box is thrilled to continue our partnership with Woodbine for the 2023 season. The great racing north of the border at Woodbine continues with graded stakes all summer, highlighted by the Kings Play in August and the Grade 1 Woodbine Mile in September. Don't miss out on the action. This weekend, they have a slew of stakes, including the Grade 2 Royal North, the Grade 3 Bell Mahone, the Grade 2 Eclipse Stakes, and the Pink Lloyd. For more information, you can log on to woodbine.com. All right, back here on the owner's box, we have Harlan Malter, the managing partner for Iron Horse Racing Stable. He is also the man behind Buchero, who is standing stud in Florida, question mark? Yes. That, yes. That's correct. Uh, and uh, Harlan is a good man. He's at all the sales. He he works very hard, and he's a good and he's a good dude. And we thought this would be a good time to bring him on. We got some stuff to talk about for Ascot. We got Buchero. We got a lot of stuff to talk to you about, Mister Iron Horse. Sounds good to me. And uh, as most people know, I'm um, I'm happy to talk. <laughs> yeah, that that's one of your strong suits. You know, I, I appreciate you. Listen, coming from someone who talks a lot as well, I think you and I are a good team. Well, it's funny. The last time I saw Gary, I think doesn't speak as much of the two of you, and uh, I, I think I sucked him into about a twenty-minute conversation at Ascot last year. Yeah, and uh, we had we had a good time. It was fun <laughs> seeing him in his uh, top hat. Yeah, I'm not crazy. It was, it was bigger than it made him like normal yeah. height. Was I'm not I'm not crazy about the whole top hat thing. I have to tell you guys, I don't know if I don't know if I'm an Ascot guy. I think I would. Do you have to wear a top hat? So if you're in the royal enclosure and. Uh, if, Fortunately, uh, I, I befriended some very uh, nice people over there who made me a member of the uh, Royal Enclosure. So nice. I'm, I'm able to oh, go Harlan, each year into the Royal Enclosure. I need this year then. Uh, we, we, can, we can talk. We can talk. But uh, so I've gone the past couple of years. COVID interrupted it a little bit. But uh, I did, Billy, um, and we're both baseball players, so we, we know all about fitted hats. Yes. I did purchase my, my own top hat, which Smart. I now personally own, which I have to carry with me all the way over. Um, and there's a long story about uh, the sizing because they actually haven't made the old top hats, the nice shiny ones, since the 40s. The one factory that made the silk for those top hats burned down. It was in France. Yeah, you oh no! Buy, like, um, a vintage one, if you want one. That is exactly right. And what I found out was, turn of the century, everyone's head was six and three quarters. Um, my giant seven and five eighths hat um, is was not around a lot, and they're quite expensive to buy. But I did find one, and I do own it, and I do enjoy wearing it. But that is really the only time I take it out for about three days every June. Well, you that's, awesome. that, that's very cool. And before we we went live, you were talking about Ascot that you went before. You had a horse run second that you were thinking about going with, but now you're sending a yearling there. Tell us what's going on with you and this uh, fascination with Ascot. Well, it's interesting as you said because I, I got a phone call. Uh, I got a phone call after Buchero uh, ran second in the Shaker Town uh, uh, back in 2018, and I, I, to be honest, I'd gone to Ascot one time just because I happened to be there on business and about 10 years earlier, and didn't know anything about racing. And I got a phone call, and they said, uh, "Listen, your horse ran great in the Shaker Town. We'd love to ride, have you run in the King Stand." And I, said, oh, you know, okay, I don't even know anything about doing any of this, <laughs> um, and. Um, we, we kind of moved forward with that, and Bukera went over there, and it was just a tremendous experience. Um, it, I really do. I've talked about this a lot. It's, it's 
to me, it's a bucket list thing for any horse racing person. If you can get over there for one time, you don't have to wear the top hat, Billy. There's plenty of <laughs> non-top hat areas. But it is a tremendous amount of fun, and I've been really welcomed with open arms over there, so I've really enjoyed it. So on this Bucaro thing, it's very interesting. Great British Racing um, uh, reached out to me about possibly following on my thought of bringing over a Bucaro. And I, I had talked to the Racing Post uh, right over there, Tom Peacock, a couple years back about I'd love to be able to do that sometime. And uh, they kind of caught on to it. And uh, look, Billy, you and I go to the sales all the time. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, we have great intentions and we have great people we work with and we buy very nice horses. They don't all work out. That's, that's racism. So I this year told them in January, well, listen, uh, I'd like to go along with this project. You guys want to do follow me along to see if I can get a Bucero back. But I don't have one to bring right, right now. Right. But I'll, I'll, I'll go to the March sale and try to find a horse that can run in June in a grade two, you know, group two stakes. Ridiculous, Billy, right? I mean, right. This, is, this is, Michelle, I mean, this is obviously a ridiculous idea to think you're going to do. So we happen to, and I take no credit for this. I give this all to Bucero. Um, we said, look, we got to find a Bucero. We went to the, the March sale. There were six total to choose from. And we just were super fortunate there was one that was very, very mature, very forward, good-looking turf, you know, what looked like a turf sprinter. And we luckily bought it. And we, Gulfstream, and again, how many of the listeners know that Gulfstream came up with two great races this year. as a race in the middle of May, and I think they're probably going to do this again. It's a $100,000 stakes race. And the winner of that race um, got a $25,000 travel stipend. And that's really the financial uh, blocker to, to go over to Ascot for sure. some people. Um, you know, it's just a cost to do it. So that was the real incentive. So we bought the horse. Uh, we gave it to Joe Orsino. He did a fantastic job. The horse was ready. And we get in the gate. And, you know, who thinks that you're at Gulfstream in May and with you're a, with, a two year old. The, with a two-year-old. Yeah, two-year-old. Yeah. Five furlongs in the turf. Yeah. Three-quarters of the field were first-time star- starters. Um, and who's in the race but... A no-nay-never, who, again, some of the American uh, listeners may not know, he's a 175,000-euro stallion, Yep. one of the premier stallions in Europe. Uh, and this, this colt was out of a Group 3 winning mare on debut as a two-year-old. Nice. Who had run through the April sale and RNA'd for $335,000 and worked 24. You don't think that's what you're going to line up against. Right. Um, and actually owned by Alex Bregman, the third baseman for the Houston Astros. Yep. So we went out there. I knew it was going to be a tough, uh, a tough race. He ran a fantastic second. Fantastic second. The no-name number one looked very good. He's off to Ascot. We're going we're gonna to take a, a, a path uh, within, uh, within the United States right now. But following up on what your initial uh, question was, uh, the plan now is when I'm over there for Ascot, I'll be meeting with a trainer up in Newmarket. And we will more than likely be sending over a Bucero yearling and just start right from there. You know, yeah. right out of the field, break it in England, prep it in England, and see if we can get to Ascot that way. That's very cool. That's very that, that's interesting. You, I, We have a horse in, in Ireland right now, a two-year-old that we bought a, mm-hmm. a, a prior to her first start. She hasn't made her start yet. And it is wild just getting the videos of where they're training in the fields. And I'm sure it's very similar in England. Oh, well, new market again, and then that's my bucket list. If, if I can recommend to anybody, you go over to Ascot, you must get a couple days early. Go up to Newmarket. It's two hours away, but it is, it's kind of like, you know, what I'd say Disneyland for horse racing. The whole town is horse racing. That's awesome. uh, there are 
yards on one side of Main Street and on the other side. And there are times where the horses actually just walk straight through Main Street to get to a different part of the training area. It is really an amazing place for a horse person. And uh, Tattersalls, I know, Billy, you've been, you know, Little Red has been ridiculously successful with buying some of these European horses. And I wanted to congratulate you. I know you had some really nice winners this month. Um, but, uh, you know, the, at the end of the day, uh, there's a lot of movement now, right? I think you know that, Billy, between some of these European horses coming yeah. over here. And I think it's something that hopefully will continue. Uh, you were saying about how they train. So they train very differently. They have all kinds of cool, uh, you know, they train in an uphill um, uh, training uh, track, which is very fascinating. And uh, when we, t well, actually we said get smoking over to, um, and I think Michelle, you were there one of the years. Um, I don't know if you were there that year. We said get smoking over to Dubai. And um, I met Ado McGinnis. I don't know if he's crossed your paths yet, Billy, because oh, yeah. I know he does so. Yeah. A Ado is just a great guy, big giant personality. And he does a lot of that. He, he, he gets some of these horses ready and gets them sold to Hong Kong and to Australia and to the States. And I've watched videos on him. It's actually a great world horse racing video about him after he won. Uh, he just vans him over to the beach once a week. Oh, I've seen I mean, that. Yeah, I've seen that. That's he, rad. Yeah. Vans him over to the beach. And yeah. he said it's not as much. You know, people think, oh, it's, you know, because of the sand and the water. He said, that's not it. These horses just absolutely love it. Just absolutely oh. love to be out there. Be out there. Enjoy. Just like we like the beach. And it's, it well, really Michelle, is. I mean, no. There's, there's... Sorry, Harlan. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but Michelle <laughs> would rather be at Saratoga than at Del Mar. I do not like the beach. She doesn't like the beach. Okay, well. Fair and I mean, listen, Saratoga has a lot of good things to offer. Where, where do you, where do you offer, land? But... Where do you land on the Saratoga versus Del Mar debate? I assume you're more East Coast bias. So I, people always ask that. I, I had absolutely. I mean, when I say I had no connection to horse racing at all, I mean zero connection to horse. I did until I started betting on horses at OTB in New York uh, when I was in college. I had no connection, and that was my closest connection. Uh, other than other than my dad would put us in the car. I grew up in Boston. You drive right across the Mass Turnpike to Saratoga, and you know you get a, a muddy little, dirty little section in the back. You know on the on the grass and dirt. You put a picnic blanket down, and I did that every summer. And for some reason, it was awesome. I think it was prior to iPads, and <laughs> and you know I don't know if I could bring my uh, seven year old now and see her sit for four hours back there on a blanket. Um, but I just thought it was the greatest thing ever. Um, so Saratoga is always going to have a very special place. Del Mar, I live out in California now. Love Del Mar. It's such an amazing plant, you know, the facility. And that was our first Breeders' Cup run. So it'll always have kind of a special place for me. So they're both just amazing. Yeah. Way to dodge, Harlan, way to dodge the question. Go ahead, Michelle. Harlan, <laughs> how did you go from handicapper to horse owner? So it, it got derailed many times. When I started betting on the horse, I really enjoyed it. So I went to Columbia, New York City, and it's, it's on 116th. You jump on the uh, the subway and be at the 72nd OTB, which somehow New York City figured out how to go to business being a bookie. Um, but they, they don't exist anymore, but they, they did then. And I used to love betting on the race. I mean, I really enjoy it. And this is, remember, this is pre-internet. I mean, I'm, I'm not that old, but this is pre-internet. Sure. So that was the only way you were watching the races, the only way you were betting the races. So I, I really enjoyed it. I think it did have a maybe more of a connection by being there with horse players and just kind of getting into it. And I said to my brother back then in college, I said, we're going we're gonna to buy some horses. I said, well, we don't have any money. I said, okay, well, let's buy some penny stocks. Well, 
we lost a lot of money on penny stocks, which was going to be our horse fund. So it took <laughs> us about 10 more years um, to actually earn some money. And um, I think I've told the story. I bought a $500 share in a syndicated horse that was a $5,000 horse at, at um, uh, Parks. Um, and at least got me on the backside. And I think we all know that. Uh, you know, Michelle, you know, Billy, obviously, you, you've been in it for a very long time, Michelle, you know. You know, you, you, you too, but it is still intimidating. The, the things that Billy has done and West Point has done and my race are all the syndicates now. It was a very intimidating thing to try to even figure out how to do it. And that was what was nice about doing the syndicate was uh, I did that. I met people and we're kind of off to the races. Did, did you call me a long time ago and we talked when you kind of started Iron Horse or am I imagining that? We've we've talked multiple times, but yeah. I mean, I think definitely. Um, I, I just think, want uh, I just want credit for all your success. That's what I'm kind of looking for here. <laughs> well, Billy, we have a lot more in common. You know, it, I've said this before. You know, we, we, you and I have a have a lot in common. Um, you know, baseball and, and and things like that. But uh, you know, it's I think that you know when you look at the, the 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 syndicates that have kind of built up over the past ten years. And like I said, I'm following you, Billy, um, and I'm following you know Terry and Aaron, and, and I'm leaving some people out. But obviously, you know, for kind of the regular guy to go and be able to do it, you know, like I said, I watched you uh, at Pimlico, and what a what a weekend you had um, to to give people the opportunity to do that. Uh, I think that's all of our goals, right? Absolutely. And I said, Billy, you know, I'm the, I don't know if I'd want to own a horse by myself. To be honest with you, yeah. my excitement, when I see these horses do well, I'm just waiting for, you know, to be able to communicate with all my partners yeah. and share in that. Like, it, it's a little bit selfish. I mean, I really enjoy that excitement with everybody. And to be able to facilitate it, uh, you know, via these syndicates uh, has been an amazing, uh, um, amazing uh, experience. I agree. Michelle. Oh, Michelle, go ahead. Do we lose you? Did we lose Michelle? Did I lose her? I don't know. Oh, there we go. Oh, there she's go. back. There she is. Uh, Harlan, I want to talk a little bit about Buchero because I feel like a lot of what we talk about is concentric around him. Do you still own him or did you stand sell, sell him to stand? So I, we have a we have a mutual friend, Billy, and, and Michelle, I'm sure you know him also, who runs a syndicate who I called uh, when we were retiring Buchero. And I said, uh, I think I'm going to. I have at this point no interest in him as a stallion. No one, you know, no interest, and I'd like to stand him as a stallion. And he said, "I'm begging you, don't do it. I've had grade one winners. <laughs> it, I'm begging you, do not do it." I asked, right. I asked a very, very prestigious trainer, uh, "What do you think?" And they said, "I'm begging you not to do this. It is, it is very difficult." And um, unfortunately, neither of them understood my personality, which immediately meant I would do it. Of course, um, by them telling me I couldn't do it. Of course. So. Uh, we, <laughs> I called up Pleasant Acres, Joe Barbazon, who's there is just an, uh, we've had such a good experience there. They've had very nice stallions. They have very nice stallions. I called them up. I said, I have this horse. And he said, yeah, you, you can definitely, we can, we can definitely work together. And I'm sure he hung up the phone and said, who the hell's Buchero? <laughs> um, and we've had an amazing experience. So the partners, and this is very rare. I'm sure you know this, Billy, the partners who campaigned Buchero, own the exact same percentage shares in Bucaro today. Oh, that's very cool. Um, so we kept him. Uh, we have managed him all in house. You know, people. Michelle actually sent me an Instagram message uh, and said, you know, you know, would you like to be on? I said, oh, you know, this is Harlem. Michelle said, like, oh, I didn't know who was running. I was like, if you see something Bucaro, if you see something Iron Horse, it's me. So you know, <laughs> we've been doing all this and we kept it. And you know, look, 
He's bred to almost 500 mares in the first. I know, Bill, you've had a couple that you've sent out to stud. He's had 500 mares in the uh, in the first five years. That's amazing. And, uh, he just got his uh, you know 27th winner from 49 starters uh, so far, and um, we have 89 two-year-olds this year. Um, there's actually 26 in the June OBS sale. That's great. Um, That's so great. We're, we're one of the unique stallions where the second year is even bigger than the first year as far as crops. So we have very, very high expectations. So it's been a ton of fun, Michelle. Sure, the, the, the short answer is it's the same people. What's, what's, awesome. the, what's, the, what's the most fun for you and your partners with the stallion? Is it when you see the list of mares? Is it having the babies? Is it when they're running? Is it watching each one of them at the sale? There's so many different aspects to the breeding industry. What's kind of your, get really your kicks? I, I think, I think, you know, you've hit it on the head and I'll say all, right. um, you know, and, that, and, that, and I think you know that Billy, right? I mean, it's, that is what is in our blood, right? Um, it, it just every part of it. I mean, when I see a new two-year-old breeze for the first time, I'm already kind of imagining. Look, it, it, for us, it's a little bit different. This horse was not syndicated. He is not an investment. You know, majority of stallions are a port, part of a portfolio for most people, right? Yeah. You know, they're, they're buying a, a share here, a share there, a share here. This is legitimately, you know, a passion project that I have somehow turned into, you know, pretty much of a commercial force at this point in the sense that, you know, he has a real chance to become a successful stallion. So I, I act like I'm just a guy who owns a horse. My wife has probably watched me watch a Bucero at every moment of the day in every location. We go to Disney uh, a lot, and, you know, I think half the time I have to skip rides because there's a, a Bucero running at, you know, Monmouth. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I can't do the ride. i got to go watch this. So, yes, I'm probably a little compulsive on it. Um, every part of it is is exciting. And, and Billy, I'll, I'll, and, and Michelle, both of you, I, you know, you guys, this part with Bucero, which has been so amazing to me, is because we kept him because I kind of was so intimately involved with every part of him. You know, Tim and I were, you know, very, very close. I traveled to all these races. He ran 31 times. Um, you know, I, we, we, he was so close. I'm, I'm proud of him like he's my son, truly. I, I was, mean, it's, you it's, know what's it's, funny? It's, it's that much. Yeah, I was going to say to you when you were going on your, uh, your uh, usually that's like my soapbox, Rant. but you were going on it. But I think the word you were looking for is pride. And then you said it. And, yeah. and I think that's what it's about when you have these babies of the horse that you campaigned and that you went on and stood at stud yourself. I think there's a lot of pride there. I think it's really I think it's really neat. I think it's a great story. Harlan Malter joining us here on the owner's box. Iron horse. Where, where did where, where did that come from? You've told that story before, too. Who is the iron horse? I have told that story and it became even better with our we can circle back to uh, the two year old race. We we named the two year old um, uh, who ran in the stakes, the two year old Bucero Mattingly. Are you and a Don I'll Mattingly fan? This and you'll, Donnie Baseball? Well, I'm going to full circle it. You're going to understand where this all came from. Okay. So um, this horse Mattingly is by Bucero, who was the highest earning Indiana bred of all time, out of a mare a grand slam mare named batting star which has a very ah. baseball theme so i there said okay baseball theme uh highest highest earning horse in the history of well let's find the best baseball player ever to come from indiana oh and i like that. Don Mattingly. i like so that. we named horse Mattingly. but it gets one notch better than that 
Iron Horse Racing Stable. I happened to go to Columbia. One of the founding partners went to Columbia, and I played baseball Columbia. Little known fact to some people, uh, Lou Gehrig played his freshman year of baseball at Columbia. Oh. Lou Gehrig's nickname was the Iron there, Horse. There you when go. I had one horse, my first $7,500 claimer, and I had to come up with a stable name in 2007, I said, this is cool. Let's do light blue. Let's put little baseballs on the sleeve, and let's name it Iron Horse Racing Stable. Unbelievable. Oh. That's a great story. Now, wait a second. When did you, when did you, uh, when, what years were you in college? I was in college from 89 to 93. Oh, so I, I, there was an overlap. Can you imagine if I would have gone to Columbia instead of Northwestern? We would have played together. 100%. Did you, what, what position did you play? I was a uh, light-hitting, uh, speedy first baseman because I had shoulder issues. Were you, are you lefty? No, I switch hit. Okay, got it. So I, so I was a really light-hitting, <laughs> lightweight, very slow catcher who realized very quickly was very quickly nice. year that everybody else was bigger stronger and faster my one thing was i had a, a very good arm so i actually somehow and i switched to pitcher and i pitched a couple years in college um uh as a pitcher so uh i i did have those similar weaknesses but um i, I turned it into pitching but yeah I, we would that would have been a lot of fun that would have been actually, ironically you know where did you guys do your spring trips did you guys go down to florida we went to arizona yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. So we would do Florida. You guys would go Arizona, yeah. so yeah. we would never have overlapped. Yeah, because we played one year against Dartmouth. I remember that in a uh-huh. tournament down there. So that yeah. that's similar to Columbia, yeah. I believe. It's Ivy League, yeah, that we we played them every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think I could have gotten into an Ivy League school. I think Northwestern was a little bit easier to get into back then. Yeah, I remember yeah. Northwestern being kind of the the Ivy League school of uh, of the Big Ten. Yeah, that's pretty much it, and still is. I think it still is. I like Stanford of the Midwest. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Michelle, where are you? Where? I, we're sorry, we went on a baseball tangent. Do you? Are we good with Harlan? What? What do we? How do we need to? Asleep. You know how I feel about baseball, Billy. I, Michelle doesn't like baseball. It's really amazing. Um, I think I'm the only person in horse racing that doesn't like baseball. That is strange. Billy, how much baseball do you watch now? Uh, not much. I liked I sure. I like watching the Dodgers, and I don't mind watching the Angels either. And people are gonna go, How, you can't. Watch. I just I love watching Trout and Otani. I think I, the last yesterday Trout hit a ball. Oh, it was one of the hardest balls I've ever seen hit in my life, and I just oh. I, I'm fascinated by them. Uh, but uh, I you know I go to a couple but games. You don't watch a lot of baseball, right? No. Neither do I. I. I watch hockey incessantly. I watch golf because I play. But it, it's very funny. There are a lot of the people I play baseball with. You got your fill. We got 22 years. It's yeah. a slow game. I have heard a lot of people this year say it's better with the you know the, the pitch clock and things like that. But it is a slow game. So oh, I, I agree. don't watch a tremendous amount of baseball now. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, listen, Harlan. Well, before, we, before we talk more about any other sports, yeah. I do want to know very quickly, Harlan, if you can just let us know the – uh, background of Iron Horse, like what is your business model? Like, give us the sales pitch. Sure, sure. So, uh, I, I, I very quickly, and then you know, we 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 are late to the game as far as you know um, when we did uh, broader syndicates. I, I've been around Iron Horse, been around since 2007, but we basically blew it up as far as a public partnership um, after Bukera retired back in 2018, 19. Um, my model is I recognize the fact that obviously, you know, there are some major players and I'd like to get to that point. Um, but what we really want to give people is that kind of price point between 
50 and 150 thousand dollars. Um, we want to give people all the access that they get uh, as as an owner. You know, they go to the backside, they do all the thing. One of the things that we do a little bit less than some of the bigger guys who do a fantastic job, we do a little less of the concierge, um, you know, kind of events and things like that. We have partners all over the country. And, uh, you know, one of kind of our monikers, we don't mark up any of our prices. Now, the markups are very valuable for a lot of the benefits people get. But one of the things that we do offer, and it just differentiates us, is we don't mark up the price. Um, you know, for the first little small period of time we buy the horses. Uh, and that allows people who look, realistically, there are a lot of people who love going to the race. I go see West Point partners. I see, I see a lot of Little Red Feather partners. There are a lot of partners who also are in locations where they're going to watch most of the races on simulcast. And they're not going to get a lot of that on track strength. So we do have a very broad um, partnership base who are very passionate about it. I'm very, very big on communication. Um, we use a, a portal, um, a communication portal where people get updates constantly. It's not email. It's not phone. It's just constant kind of almost like a getting a WhatsApp, you know, every week or every twice a week. Sure. Um, and um, we'd like to just keep growing the business. Um, we love seeing all the success of all the syndicates, and uh, we just like being another offering um, as an option if, if that's kind of the path you want to go. How many horses in Iron Horse currently? I'd say kind of off and on somewhere between 15 and 20, between uh, right. yearlings to racehorses. And which, what trainers do you primarily, who are your kind of your go-to people? And notice I said people, because there are a lot of great women trainers out there nowadays, right, Michelle? Absolutely. Indeed. Absolutely, and that will be uh, that will definitely be. Um, we 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 are constantly bringing new trainers in because we have enough horses. Uh, Mark Cassie has a chunk of our horses uh, now, which we really enjoyed. That is a fantastic operation down in Ocala. The base he can base it and then move all over. Uh, Joe Orsino is handling all of our South Florida stuff. Um, he also has a string up at Monmouth. Um, and, you know, Tim Gleishaw will kind of always be a stalwart in uh, Kentucky for us, um, you know, as the trainer of Bucaro. He's sure. done a great job. And we, we still try to support that Indiana. And I think uh, a lot more people are, believe it or not, showing up. And I see a lot of a lot of these partnerships uh, starting to, you know, win maiden special. When Monomy Girl won her, her maiden special weight at Indiana Grand, everyone realized, you know, this might be the worst place to get started. So we've had a pretty good presence in Indiana Grand, which we love. Sorry, Horseshoe Indy. Uh, which we've we've uh, loved running at. Um, <laughs> hey, that's where we found so, Bear Can and, Man. Where Angel of Empire started too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's a lot, where a lot of nice horses have gotten their start there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. awesome. Harlan, before Nagarok too, right? Nagarok, uh, Bear Can Man, we found there. Bear Can Man. Yep. Yeah, Billy, I should keep you out of Indiana. I'm gonna keep Indiana. No, I like Indiana. I like Indiana. Not for Billy. He'll be all up in. I I like Indiana. What's uh, Harlan? Before we go, what um, we always like to ask our guests, and you're very knowledgeable. You've been in the game for a long time. Give us, give a, a listener a piece of advice when they are thinking about getting into horse ownership. What's the one piece of advice you would give? Obviously, both of us being syndicate guys, I think we that's going to always be the first thing is there is a lot to learn um, and being able to, and that's how I lived it. I, I started a syndicate to kind of get that experience. I think that there's a lot of potholes in every business, and I think because you can just go to an auction and buy a horse yourself uh, doesn't mean that's the way you should get going. Uh, I think that there's a tremendous amount that can be learned in the syndicates. And uh, what that allows you to do is start to get to know people um, who are going to 
uh, be a core group of trustworthy people. I've been very, very lucky uh, to, to meet those people, Bill. I know you, I'm actually quite friendly with a lot of the people in your circle yep. uh, who are great people. And I think that by doing it in a syndicate, you're going to be able to come to the sale. I have partners who come to sale. I know you do. You know, people who can start to meet people, meet the trainers, and just kind of get their legs in the business. Um, because the most important thing to me, and this is the line I use to everybody, horse racing is a great sport as far as whether you're going to do it or not. That first time you own a horse, whether it's 5% or 1% or whatever it ends up being, and it's behind the gate, and you get those butterflies in your stomach, okay, and the race finishes, you know whether it's meh or I'm never not going to own a horse. Right. There's no middle in yeah. my mind. Yeah, very There's no middle. Very black and white. Very world. Michelle, but, meh. Meh. Before you came on, we were talking about the roller coaster, and it is it is real. I mean, there is no yeah. messing around in this game. Well, we listen, bud. We appreciate you coming on today. Uh, Iron Horse Racing Table, how does someone contact you? IHRacing.com. IH we have Racing. everything there. Take a look at it. Perfect. And uh, hope to always be getting new partners. And um, hopefully hopefully you and I will be running against each other one of these days, Billy. Let's do it. Let's do it. Well, good luck Billy with Mattingly. In Indiana. I was a huge yeah. Mattingly fan. Donnie Baseball is my favorite player. Him and Ozzie Smith were my two favorite players growing up. So I, I will be on the lookout for Mattingly. Wish you the best of luck and continued success with Bucaro. Go to Ascot. And it's always good to see you, my friend. Great. Thanks, Billy. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks, Harlan. That's okay. Harlan Malter here on the owner's box. That was fun. That was super fun. Yeah. Uh, good. I love when people have just great stories and they just like tell you the stories. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it helps. And Harlan's got a great personality. He's very knowledgeable. He likes to, likes to chat, obviously. And that's a, that's a big positive in this game. He'll get a lot of new owners, hopefully. And, uh, you know, that was great. Great get, Michelle. And we'll keep going with uh, – I tried to get Bill Parcells. Oh yeah, that's right. You're on that yeah, task. Force. It has it hasn't worked out yet. <laughs> Maybe we'll get Baffert. He he'll never come on the show. All right, Michelle. Um, uh, we have well, uh, it's pre-recorded, so he could always like that's tell true. us only if only if uh, I can listen to it. Yeah, first. that's fine. I'd do that. Uh, what's right. coming up at Santa Anita this weekend? Um, so coming up at Santa Anita this weekend. That's an excellent question. Billy. I know it's a <laughs> great the, question. It's the uh, Mariscos. Mariscos? Mariscos? Yeah. I don't know what that is. I think that's how you say it. Okay. Uh, yeah, Mariscos y Discos. Is it a disco? No, it's a, it's one of those, you know, Smorgasbord puts on those, um, like, food parties. So they'll do, like, the, the chicken sandwich or the dumplings or whatever. So this one is called mariscos y discos so i don't actually know um what mariscos hey by the way uh sanita had those pizza guys out last weekend yes that was so good so good right (laughs) so that is quarantine uh so quarantine pizza and they're gonna be back this weekend as well oh good because i i really enjoyed that every time i every time i went to the paddock and every time i went to back to the box of the suite i I had a pizza (laughs) so i now it's going to be in the box seats this week. So oh, cool. I think that they swatched where they are. Um, so they're going to be in the in the box seats. And I got so – they brought us three different pizzas last week to try. They were so good. It was really good. Yeah. So, yeah, 10 out of yeah. 10 recommend the pizzas. If you let, if you know what a marisco y disco is, then maybe you want to do that. But I'm just not – I'm not sure what it is. Um, I'm going to throw a, a different thing of note at you, even though we're late. 
Okay. To, uh, you didn't mention her. Um, uh, over the weekend, we saw Echo, oh, Echo, Zulu. Echo Zulu come back. I really liked that. You know, I was a big fan of that filly. Then I kind of like, I thought she was a little overhyped. And then she's kind of come back. And I think she might be real good this year. Yeah. I for, don't for disagree with you. Winchell, Thoroughbreds, they, they have some good horses. No. Indeed. Indeed. Indeed they do. Uh, all right. Well, Michelle, what a great show. I have nothing else to add. Uh, we are part of the In The Money Media Network. Thank you to all of our sponsors. Um, and Michelle is available at the Michelle U. You could tech, you could tweet the show at Own a Horse, at BKLRF is me. If you need more information about uh, Little Red Feather or ownership, it's Billy at LittleRedFeather.com. We appreciate anybody who reaches out and has some ideas for the show. And Michelle, you are the absolute best. And I can't, I'm only gonna, I only have one horse running this weekend, Friday. I've got one Friday and one Saturday. Okay. All right. Are you, what are you, are you in the last on Friday? No. Mm -mm. I'm in a maiden, like maiden 50 sprinting on the grass for three year olds. Okay. All right. Well, good luck to everybody out there at the racetracks. Thank you to Harlan Malter for coming on the show. Iron Horse Racing Stable, IH Racing. What was it? IHR. IHR. Okay. Look them up. Look them up online. All right, Michelle. Next week. We'll see you then.